Turn with me, please, to Matthew 22. We love you, Lord. We worship you. My apologies to the worship team this morning. Threw them in at the deep end again. But I also forgot to minister and serve you with your cup size they take off you. My apologies this morning. Will you let your eye run down, please, to verse 34? But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I'm aware of his presence, so I apologize to you. <laughs> Very aware of him this morning. Father, thank you. For your presence, for your spirit. Thank you for your love. Wherewith you have loved us. Your great love. Thank you for your blessing that maketh rich. For you had no sorrow with it. We thank you for the blood of the Lamb. ask you, Lord, that you would help me, settle me, to be able to bring thy word this morning, to glorify the name of the Lord Jesus, to worship you. We worship you, Lord. We adore you. We magnify you. In your name, Lord Jesus, we come to this throne of grace to find help in this time of need. Thank you, Lord, you're here neither to leave us nor to forsake us. We thank you for you. Bless your word unto our hearts and glorify your name this morning. For Jesus' sake, I ask it. Amen. I had a, a message I thought I did. You know, us and I left on Tuesday. We wanted to, we were going to go on Monday for a few break, a few nights break, but we decided to wait till Tuesday. Um, we wanted to wait and see how Pastor McConnell was. And I'd seen him and decided, no, we'll wait till Tuesday. 
um, of advice from the family. He seemed to be okay for a few days, and I told him I'd see him again. And we went on Tuesday, got down to the west coast of Ireland on a Tuesday tea time, or about dinner time. Had two lovely days there, and swimming in the sea, everything was great. Thought I had my message for Sunday morning. And when I got uh, home, I realized it wasn't it. Actually, on the way home, I realized it wasn't it. And we got home. We decided to come up on Friday. And we drove up home around tea time or just after on Friday. And I was on the phone with the family and they said to me, I might not make it till tomorrow. So I went. So I went up to... So I went to the hospital to see him and was there till late Friday night and almost Saturday morning. So I did see him, but he was asleep, ready to go into the presence of the Lord. And on Saturday morning, I thought of this message and I thought, no, I've got it. It's going to save me a lot of worrying and thinking and, and things in my mind. And the Lord told me, no. You see, one thing that Pastor James McConnell, forgive me if I talk about him because it's my heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And one thing he taught us, not only us, Alison and I, but many people have said the same. He taught me how to love the Lord Jesus. The Christ we have, the preeminence in the word found in all the scriptures and how to love him. So I'm going to talk about loving the Lord and the scripture that came to me is found in verse 37. The Lord Jesus says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. So this morning we're going to speak about the first and great commandment. And listen, a lot of time's already gone. I may do a second morning. I'll see how the Lord leads me on this this morning. The Lord Jesus has asked what the law says. What the law says by a Pharisee. Now what we have to understand was these Pharisees were heavy laden with their own law, never mind the law of God. And rather their law came before the law, law, the law of God. And though hence, because their law came before the law of God, they didn't love the Lord the way they said they did. For example, when the Lord Jesus says, I shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind, this is the first and great commandment. He was actually taking it from Deuteronomy chapter 6, if you would flick over with me. Many of the times, if not most or all of the times, I almost read this when I'm dedicating a child unto the Lord. Chapter 6, please. Verse 3. He's quoting from here. Hear, therefore, O Israel. Pardon me, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. 
And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. See that Deuteronomy 6, that reading. What would have happened was, you have here our Lord Jesus mentioning in the Gospels, he would have said about those who broaden the phylacteries. Those who broaden their phylacteries. And you'll read that. We'll not go into it in Matthew 23 and verse 5. And what, they, the, the, what these Pharisees and the Jews would have done where they would have made a, a, a box, sometimes of leather, sometimes of hardened parchment, and they wrote Deuteronomy 6, mainly the, or that reading in it, and rolled it up into a little piece of paper tight, put it into a little box, and there was a strap on it, and they strapped it to their forehead and tied it. And they had another one where they put it in the back of their hand and wound the strap up their arm. And this was the hand, the left it usually was for the heart. It was meant to be, we have the doctrine of God in our heads and we have him in our hearts, but they didn't. That's the thing, they didn't. The Ten Commandments were written on stone, two tables of stone. And I think the Ten Commandments should be put back in schools and colleges and the universities should be put back in our town centers. It should be placed all over our country. And why? Because people will see that. Even unsaved will see that. And you see, before you're unsaved, you see that on those tablets. You can see that engraven into a wall and walk away from it, and it stays there on those tables. But when they were written on the heart. The new covenant, we have it written on our hearts. The Lord says that he would make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. Not in the days, I'm paraphrasing, that I made like the one I made with, their, with the fathers, with your fathers, he says. But I will write my law in their mind and in their inward parts, in other words, on the heart. And so with the spirit-filled believer, we carry we carry that written on our heart. It doesn't leave us. It's not wrapped and put upon our heads or on the back of our hands as if, look, it's in my heart. Our lives are instructed by the Spirit, dedicated to the Lord. And we love him. We love him. The Lord Jesus himself said, if you love me, keep my commandments not for salvation, but because you love him. You know, we can think of how in Revelation chapter 14 and verse one, if you'll turn, I'm not gonna get into this big subject, but I wanna show you something. John has been delivered, saved 
from uh, the religion of the Jews. John has been delivered and saved by the religion of the Jews. So he would have known about these phylacteries. He would have understood these things. Revelation 14, please. And verse 1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on, Mount, on, on the Mount Zion, and 144,000 having his father's name written in their foreheads. Now, that does not mean it's going to say God or Jesus on the forehead. And it's the exact same people saying about the mark of the beast in the chapter previous to that. It's not about, you know, well, I don't want to get into it this morning. I'll teach you all. I've taught on it before. It's about taking doctrine. It's about giving your mindset to something. The ones with the Father's name written, he's not writing it across. It means that his word, his commandments, like the phylactery, but not on the outside, not like the Ten Commandments on the stone, but the phylactery is actually in the mind and in the heart. Your mind is completely consumed by Christ, by God and his word. It's in your mind. It's in your heart. The same is, and it already happened at the time of pagan Rome. They were to take the doctrines of Caesar, hail Caesar as king and God, and they could go free the early Christians. Take the right hand of fellowship. Come into fellowship with. And then not only from pagan Rome, went into papal Rome. And now it's into a global system. It's into a whole global system. And you and I are being programmed, if we allow it, to accept what the world and the elites are placing into our minds and in our hearts. Brothers and sisters, I love the Lord too much. I hope you do too, to desert him. To desert him now. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and the great commandment, said the Lord Jesus. You see, the two tables of stone you had, four commandments would have been written on one table of stone. And six commandments would have been written on the second table of stone. The first four are between man and God. The first four are between God and man. Our relationship vertical, vertical between God and man. The first four commandments. The next six making up the ten are between man and fellow man. For example, these are the, an edited version for us. And you'll find them in Exodus 20 or Deuteronomy 5. You can jot it down and read when you go home. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. In other words, if you love him first, if God is, if his word is in our hearts, if it's imprinted on our minds, and we feel it, we live in grace. But if you love him, 
if you love him. We all have gods that we put up of some sort, shape, or form in our minds and our hearts. We all have them, and we need to realize it and pull them down off the throne where Christ should be in our heart. And as the old poet said, the greatest idol I have known whatever that idol be. Help me to tear it from thy throne and worship only thee. Brothers and sisters, we must worship all the time only at the feet of Jesus. At the feet of the Savior. You know, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And, you know, we think, well, that's using it flippantly, the name of Jesus, or saying the name of God flippantly. And I understand that's what it can mean, I suppose, as well. But that's not what this really means. That's not what this fully really means. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Do you know what it actually gives the idea of? God speaking to Israel. He's saying to the Israelites, you take my name. Because he was marrying Israel in Exodus 19. Moses was the officiator at Mount Sinai. And he's saying again, he says, if you take my name, don't take it in vain. And it means, if you take my name, live up to my name. That's what it means. Live up to my name. If you love me as my bride, if you love me as my wife, then live up to my name. Don't blacken and darken and don't ruin my name. It's a tall order, isn't it? Isn't it a tall order? And then the fourth one, remember, the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It's a holy day. Our nation should have this day set apart and it's, it's brought into a commercial venture to gain more money. And listen, so has the church. Many turned a holy day into a holiday. day. Not talking about those who are on holiday now for their break. They need it. God bless them and rest them. We all need it. So the first four between God and man, the next six, honor thy father and thy mother. They are first four vertical. The, sac- the, the next table of the laws that were the moral commandments are horizontal. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. People say these are done away with. Does that mean then people can run around with each other's wives or husbands? Does that mean we can go and murder and steal and kill and do all these things and it's all right because it's all done away with? No, you see, it's written in our hearts. And God was saying, Israel, this is in your heart. The new covenant brings it within us. They had it in stone that they would look at it and be reminded of it. But once they're away from that, it should be in their heads and in their hearts. But being human, they forget it. Many people are like, well, I'm good in church even, you know. 
I look the part and I look well and I wear my nice suit, shirt and tie or whatever you wear, it doesn't matter to you, but, you know, and I, I've got my aftershave on, you know, or whatever, brother, sister. And away from that, in behind closed doors, it's as though God doesn't exist. During the week, the Monday, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, the Thursday, the Friday, the Saturday, it's as though God is no longer alive. But in the new covenant, it's written in our hearts. And when you go home today, and you'll sit and have your dinner, and you might think, well, that was different. Never seen the pastor emotional before. But remember this, brothers and sisters. If his word is written in your mind and inscribed in your heart, even at the dinner table, you'll bring him into the conversation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So the Lord... He says the first and great commandment is this, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. The word love here, I'm conscious of the time, so I'm not going to do much more, and I maybe do see how I feel, because of a lot on this subject. I just want to come around the person of Christ. I sat yesterday morning and I tried to read over what I'd written. That's not it. Not for the mark. It's just not it. And all I could think of was my pastor's voice. I taught you to love him. I taught you to love him. And all that came to me was, I shall love the Lord thy God. The word love here is the word agapeo. It's very closely linked to agape. I'm sure we've all heard of it. And it really means to love dearly, to love much, very much. You should love the Lord thy God very much. Love him dearly. The Lord Jesus, love him. And the word agape, if you've been with me for any length of time, you'll have heard this, so please, if you've heard it more than once, forgive me. But I'm going to give you an illustration of the Greek rendering of agape, love. So some people would say agape love is a love that goes beyond, yes, extra mile, yes, a love that, that keeps on loving. It can mean things like that. Let me give you a rendering for this word agape love. You ready? It is a love that is called out of the heart according to the preciousness of the object that is loved. Said again, it is a love which is called out of the heart, a 
according to the preciousness of the object which is loved. So when I pastored in Dublin, we had to travel. The Celtic Tiger the, at the time down south was, well, it was roaring anyway. It was, you couldn't have bought a house there. We traveled. Daryl Alice and I had her up with a, a newborn and a two-year-old traveling up and down for 10 o'clock into the heart of Dublin every, every week to do the crash too <laughs> and come home again. Bless her. And one day we, li- we managed to get the Bond Bridge. We lived there for a while, a bit closer than Belfast. And I remember I used to tell the people in Dublin, look, it's 11 o'clock start. We live in Belfast and we're here with everything ready for you all coming. Could you not make it for 11 o'clock? You actually live in Dublin. And this wee woman <laughs> called Annette. Actually, it was lovely. She came up to me one day, a wee small woman. She used to wear the wee Minoka, she used to be skull cap. She used to wear one of them, with a big star David on it. <laughs> and she came up to me and says, looking up at me like this. She says, Pastor, can I have a word with you? I says, you can, and I'll, what is it? Do you know what you said about coming at 11 o'clock? I says, I do, and I'll. She says, well, I know what's wrong with you, you know. I says, what's wrong with you? With me? She says, that's the Britishness coming out of you. <laughs> and I laughed at her. I laughed. <laughs> I said, what? She says, that's the Britishness coming out of you. Oh, having to be punctual and on time. I says, Annette, it's 11 o'clock. It's near lunchtime, you know. Bless her. But one day, I was... Uh, took Jody to a, a, a shop, I think it was oh, during the week one day, I can't remember what day it was, and we, had to, we were in Bond Bridge, and you walk across the A1, went under a bridge, a flyover bridge, there was a garage. And every time we walked over, she would be toting it, I carried her, and then she walked, and I carried her. And we got the, every time we got, and the A1 bridge came this way, and under, or pardon me, the road, as you know, and went under the bridge, the Castle Welland Road. I lifted her up in my arms and she'll watch for lorries and she started to go. And the lorry seen her, they'll go blast the horn. Don't know how long we'd have stood there, but as I looked up, the road went up and turned away towards Dromore at a side. And this day I had Jody in my arms here. And she was like this watching. Didn't take her eyes off the road, fixated on it watching and watching. I came to the point where I'd spoke to her and she, she, she didn't even hear me. She was so fixated. I think she's still a bit like that, but anyway. Had her in my arms. She was oblivious. She was in her daddy's arms even. Oblivious. She was in my arms. Waiting for a lorry to come to so I'm looking up the road like this while she's looking up the road and I'm looking at her 
I'm looking up the road and she's fixated on the road and I'm looking at the road and I just felt this wave of love. Just looked at her and I just loved her. And I said, Jody, how do you make me love you so much? And Jody done this. Huh? That's the idea of agape love. That's the idea of agape love. That even when you and I were unaware of the arms of our Father, and even when we are unaware of His arms around us, you see, Jody is so precious, and Ellie, my other wee daughter here, not to forget her, she is just equally as precious, but she was at home just born. And I'm looking, a wave came out of love. She is the object that is loved. Agape love is a love which is called out of the heart. Called out of the heart according to the preciousness of the object that is love. And the preciousness of this wee one in my arms preciousness of her called the love out of my heart even though she didn't even realize anymore she was in my arms I, she was oblivious that I was even there at that point for she was fixated on other things and as I looked at her and looked at her just a wave of love and out it came Jody how do you make me love you so much it's a love which is called out of the heart according to the preciousness of the object that is love God willing, next week. God willing, next week. We're going to go to Calvary. The father looked at his son, his only begotten son, his beloved son, the one who calls the love out of his heart. calls him my beloved. This is my beloved son. And he was nailed to the tree for us. Before the foundation of the world was formed, He knew you, yet he loved you. Go home love today, will you, believer? Knowing that you call the love out of your father's heart. Look, you may not be up to scratch recently, but he loves you. He loves you. John tells us, love not the world. That's the word agape. Love not the world. You know what it means? Don't let the world be so precious to you that it calls the love out of your heart. That's what it means. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. We tend to love the things of this world 
so much they call the love out of our heart above Christ. Above who he is. We love them above our time, above our service. We love those things before Christ. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Do not love the world and the things of the world to call the love out of your heart. Don't let it be so precious. It, it just, you love it so much, it calls you. Your heart is for it. Your love is for it. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Listen, if any man, if any man or woman love the things of the world, if it calls the love out of your heart, listen, the love of the Father is not in them. Or where is your love for your Father? Is he, is Christ so precious that he calls your love out? Do you love him so much he calls the love out of your heart? Remember when you were first saved, brother, sister? Sure, there was nothing too big. Sure, it wasn't. You were full of the joys of the Lord. There's nothing too great for you to do for Him because you loved Him. Listen, you wouldn't even have missed a meeting if they were on every night. Sure, you wouldn't. You'd have moved hell and high water. You'd have sacrificed everything everything because you loved him and wanted to be in the meeting. Talking to a brother this morning, he says he doesn't like the mist from when he started coming. He says, because the Lord's here. That's what he said. And I agree. Because the Lord's here. So I'll finish.